podcast, uh, where our mission is equipping families to pursue God's design for discipleship, community, and dynasty. So uh, again, if you're listening uh, and enjoying this, please share it, leave us a, a review, uh, connect with us um, you know, on social media, or uh, you can email us at um, familyupperroom at gmail.com. Uh, if you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss, uh, we would love to make sure that the content is meaningful for uh, for you and for your family. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about God's Word, uh, the Bible. Um, I'm joined again with uh, Kyrie and Julie. Um, we just, I don't know when this will come out, but we just got uh, done talking about the classics on the last episode with these two uh, ladies. And you know, I think the Bible is uh, the ultimate classic. Yeah. <laughs> it's been handed down uh, directly from God to man and uh, has been preserved uh, throughout throughout uh, all of humanity. So uh, it's a pretty important book. Uh, even if you may not be a Christian, I think it's hard to ignore the uh, impact that the Bible has had um, on humanity on, you know, just the importance of it from a historical perspective. And I believe that if you start looking at the Bible through a historical lens and can see it for that, I think it's undeniable that you, uh, that the Holy Spirit would convict you that this is actually uh, the word of God and uh, to be cherished as truth. So that's my little soapbox today as we um, get started, but welcome back again, Kiri and Julie. Yeah, thank you. Happy to be here. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've got done with my uh, soapbox on what I think of the Bible. Um, tell us, what what are your just raw thoughts when you think about the Bible? When somebody says, oh, I've read the Bible. What is that? What do you think? What comes to mind? What'd you get from it? <laughs> <laughs> There's so much in there, you know, and just trying to understand what it's saying, who's you know, what is, there's an acronym for like trying to read the Bible, you know, the history, the context, the type of book that it is, whether it's poetry or speeches or, you know, uh, is it a command toward, is it for the Israelites? Is it for the Gentiles? So, um, mm -hmm. really trying to decipher, you know, who it is. I mean, you're not really David when you're killing Goliath, you know, so uh -huh. like making sure your application to things is relevant you know, but understanding history and how it's all of God's story and it's about God. It's not about you at all. You know, um, it's about Jesus and how he loves his people and um, and just the love story of God to the Israelites and how he brought Jesus into the world. And there's probably more and I might have flipped some of that, but, you know, it's just a lot. I think what you mean by the Bible is not about you. It's 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 for you. And it's relevant to you mm -hmm. and you uh, learn so much about God's love for you, God's love for humanity and his, his created beings called man. Um, but I think what you're saying is, you know, not David killing Goliath isn't, you know, you're not David, right? Um, mm -hmm. You, you know, but I think, you know, we expand upon that to say, okay, what truths about this historical moment that happened are relevant to me today? What can I learn from that? And that will help me have a closer and deeper relationship with God. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I know. I, I was like, I probably said that wrong. <laughs> I just want to clarify. I think I think it's okay, but like, I just want to frame it for somebody who's listening to be like, they don't care about the Bible. What? I thought the Bible was all, all about us. I was like, well, it's about humanity and humanity's relationship with God and how God calls us back into fellowship after the fall of, of man, mm-hmm. uh, you know, calls a sinful uh, generation, a sinful, mm-hmm. you know, hu- humans being sinful how he calls us back into relationship and has provided that pathway for us. Mm -hmm. I think that, oh, go ahead. I just like in our culture, we're so focused on ourselves. So it's just, I always try to just remind myself, this is not about me. Mm -hmm. It's about Jesus. Right. Glorifying him. You know, our goal is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Yeah. Mm So I, that's something that I do and I learn, but it's, I'm trying to take the focus off of me. When I look at the scriptures, I'm not trying to think about myself. I am, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, I think part of what you're tr- you're talking about is like the meta narrative of the Bible, which is like the overarching, like epic tale of redemption that God's mm-hmm. weaving. Mm-hmm. And so it is like it does affect us, but it's also about something that's so much greater than mm-hmm. us and so much bigger than us and so much more glorious than us that we're privileged to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting that it's not just about us because we're pretty small mm-hmm. in all of history and all the ages. And so if it was just about us and we could understand everything and it was all relevant to us. Like that wouldn't be a very big God. So it's actually like more exciting. Mm-hmm. That it's mm-hmm. not just all about us. I'm glad it doesn't depend on me. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I have a savior who <laughs> yeah. loves me, died for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know. And nothing else. There's no condemnation. I can move forward and mess up on a podcast or not quite <laughs> understand all the theology or what I'm reading. But the Lord is the Holy Spirit is working through me as I work out my salvation and uh, understand him more. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. I think one of my one that you were asking for initial thoughts. And yeah, I just as soon as we started the podcast, this quote popped into my head from Charles Spurgeon and probably because we were just talking about the classics. And he just says that, like, you can never outgrow scripture, Mm -hmm. that the book widens and deepens with our years. And just in talking about reading the word of God and spending time in the word of God and meditating on the word of God and understanding the word of God, uh, it's just something that I found so true. You know, like I've read, I've read certain books of the Bible over and over and over again. And like this morning I was in Isaiah again and I saw, I saw something that I was like, wow, like the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and was like, you know, this truth in this season of your life. And just that it is so true. And a lot of times we talk like in the Christian, in Christian circles, like, okay, like you should be reading your Bible or are you reading your Bible every day? Or almost like it's this duty that we have to do. Um, But to focus on the delight of it. And just that I've been finding is that after years of spending daily time in God's word, that there is so much delight. And like, there's, when I open, like when I go to work in the mornings, like sometimes it's hard for me because I, like I do my devotions before work and I don't want to leave my devotions because I'm enjoying reading God's word mm-hmm. so much that I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> where's the time going? You know, I have to like mm-hmm. rush around and like get dressed mm-hmm. for work and like, you know, work out before, you know, like I, this, I ran out of time and just that. So if you're, if you're trying to read God's word and you're struggling because doesn't make sense to you and it feels hard and it feels weighty it's just like push through that because the more you the more time it's like anything else if you're training for a marathon 
you're not going to go out the first day and be like, I feel so amazing. I'm so ready for this. I understand how this is going to go. I know what time I'm going to get. And the word of God is like that. It's just like anything else in life that you want to really enjoy that you have to like give time to it. And so that time, the Holy Spirit, a lot of reading God's word is the Holy Spirit. And the more we read and the more time we spend, the more he reveals to us. And that's like, I don't know, I get super excited about that. Yeah, I think for me, it's taken a lot longer to get there to mm -hmm. a point where um, like this morning, just, you know, starting a new a new thing with Julie, just Friday morning, spending time together intentionally, um, you know, praying and, and um, I was like, well, what book do we want to go through? Right. Mm -hmm. Like thinking we got to go through a book and, you know, Julie's like, why don't we just start with the Bible? I'm like, why don't mm -hmm. we just read scripture? So, um, but it, I think it, um, it's kind of like where I've fallen on like Sundays, right? Like I feel like there can never be enough church community. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I yeah. feel like you're like, well, my community or my, my relationship during this time, you know, with scripture and getting to know God's heart, I just get lost in time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm reminded of there's earthly things and mm -hmm. obligations mm -hmm. I've committed to that are getting in the way seemingly <laughs> of, of time. And I know that you, you get lost in, in your studies quite often, Julie. Well, like, yeah. I mean, you were saying you're late for work and things like I, well, just She's like my day to parenting, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my alarm clock goes off and I don't want to get up. Like my bed is cozy. It's warm and, and it's still dark outside. And so I, it's hard for me to get out of bed when it's dark. I think that's probably common for most people, but I know I have to convince myself you will feel better. Cause then I sit mm -hmm. down and I do my Bible time and I actually have to set an alarm clock that I will mm -hmm. be done because if it doesn't ding, I go past my workout yeah. time. And I'm like, I only have so much time before I need to get the kids up uh -huh. and homeschool them. So it's like, if I don't stick to this discipline of getting up early, listen, you know, mm -hmm. and set a timer, because now I like, I get lost and I'm like, oh, I got to stop, you know, and then move on to the next thing. So yeah. I recommend a good clock where you can be like, okay, Bible time's over, uh -huh. you know, and move on to the next thing because, you know, it's mm -hmm. important, mm -hmm. but we also have to go to work. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And that wasn't always the case. There were times in my life where I struggled to yeah. even want to sit on the Bible, sit and do it mm -hmm. and didn't even know where to start, you know? So mm -hmm. this is, this is, uh, this is progress. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of books of the Bible, mm -hmm. a lot of chapters of the Bible. The Bible is a girthy book. It's a thick one. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a lot in there for us, right? <laughs> Each verse, you know, sometimes... 66 books, you know. Sometimes takes some contemplation, especially going through the Proverbs. I feel like every verse you could spend mm -hmm. all day thinking about. Um, but if you had to choose one that you just find your... Maybe just find yourself in more often than the others. Um, not that it's more important. I'll just preface that. But just one that you just... Just mm -hmm. really resonates with you. And I... Um, that you find yourself in more often than not, um, what would that be? Me first? Okay. Um, I would say it's definitely hands down Isaiah. I was talking to a bunch of ladies the other day, and I was like, Isaiah is my Bible addiction. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I try, you know, I love other books, and I'll go and read them, but somehow I just always seem to return to Isaiah. And 
there's a lot of reasons for that. I feel like Isaiah, it gives me such a realistic and human view of myself. And it gives me such like an understanding of who God is. And I feel like a lot of times, sometimes people will be like, oh, you know, now it's the New Testament, New Covenant. Like we can kind of, yeah, the Old Testament exists, but we can kind of throw that out. And we have to realize that the New Testament flows out of the Old Testament. And that like the foundation of Christ is built on the foundation of the Old Testament. Like mm-hmm. if you just if you just read through the New Testament and saw all the times that Christ references past prophecies and past you know, just verses and how he's the fulfillment of those and, or like why you should do or believe a certain thing because of this thing in the old Testament. And I just feel like Isaiah, Isaiah is so rich and it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I just recently felt like was a revelation is understanding that when Paul references all scripture being God breathed and yeah. useful for instruction and correction uh, and down the line, he's not referencing what he's writing currently yeah, yeah, or like his letters to the churches. Like, I don't think he knew that that would be included in, mm-hmm. I believe he, he knew that these were words from the Holy spirit to these people, but I don't know if he had the full revelation of like, someday these are going to be packaged as a part of, or with the scripture that I'm referencing of the old Testament. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when he's telling the church, like, Hey, all this scripture is useful. Like don't throw away the faith of your past, mm-hmm. right? Like don't throw away that scripture and say that this is something totally new. It's, yeah. it, this is useful. Keep this, mm-hmm. you know? And um, it was just like revealed to me because I was like, I've always used that verse or you see that verse a lot mm-hmm. and you're like, oh yeah, like all scriptures got like, um, you're like, wait a minute, what scripture is he talking about even, mm-hmm. you know? And it just, um, so yeah, I, I love, and Isaiah has been called, I think, uh, sometimes been called or referenced as like the fifth gospel yeah. um, because it's, it's so prophetic. Yeah. Yeah. You got a favorite book, Julie? Well, one that you're currently going through. Maybe? That's not the one I'm currently going through, but as I was looking through my Bible, um, I'd have to say Philippians is my favorite, mainly just because through my journey in life, especially as an adult, um, I needed to use these verses just to help me through my faith journey um, to trust in them. Um, for example, I have this written on a piece of paper and taped next to my bed, and it's Philippians 4, 8, where it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And that is so important to my walk in to hold captive every thought, which is another verse in a different book, <laughs> but to hold captive every thought that you have and, and put it in, in line with God's word. Yeah. And you need to kick out what's not in line with God's word and make it a prisoner and not think about those things. And I think um, in general, we all have that battle, that inward battle between the flesh and the spirit while we are filled with the spirit and we are a new creation, we're not completely devoid of the flesh and the sin nature that Paul talks about, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so this is just a reminder to me when I have a nasty thought, I have to say, Lord, that was not pure. I give that to you. That's not lovely. That's not right. That's not praiseworthy. And so it's just a constant check 
of my mental attitude sins that mm-hmm. I am, you know, we talk about, you know, we always, you know, people have these outward sins that they have, but really it's your mind. Your mind is the worst, you know, people could look mm-hmm. great on the outside, but on the inside, that's, that's where the biggest battle is that heart. And so, um, so that's probably my life verse right there. And, um, there's so many other verses in the Philippians. Like I was going back to just the first chapter, there's a time. And when I was just depressed and, um, Philippians one twenty three says, I'm torn between the two, the desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is no more necessary, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you, again, boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. So in a time when I just felt super low, and I just, I just, Lord, take me now. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. maybe a cop out, you know, but I think people truly think like, I just want to be with Jesus now. Yeah. This, this world hurts. I'm tired of being sad. I'm tired of, you know, that just, it's just the world. And, and, and that just was encouraging to me that Paul struggled. Mm-hmm. He struggled too. And he's sharing um, how he desired to be with Christ, but God has a better plan. He hasn't take, he wants you here still. And so that, I need to stay here for my husband, for my kids, and whoever else is in my uh, my parameters. Like me. <laughs> yeah. Like need to see me maybe struggling and being honest that, like, I really want to be with Jesus. But mm-hmm. the Lord has called me to be here now to struggle in this. And so that was a verse that I prayed for months at a time in my life. Um, and that kept me, you know, kept mm-hmm. me here. Yeah. And, and finally was able to flip a switch in my life. So... The Philippians, and I mean, I love the New Testament, but a ton, I mean, as we probably should as Christians, mm-hmm. but just, I, you have to pray these scriptures all the time and preach the gospel to yourself. Wash yourself in the word mm-hmm. in order to get through every day, every moment, you know, and I mean, every day I'm probably mad or angry or thinking mm-hmm. bad things and I'm like, mm-hmm. God, help me, you know, and so I just constantly confessing, Lord, you know. Make a new heart in me. Take this heart of stone, this fleshly heart that constantly, you know, I am a new creation. I need to believe it. Yeah. And so anyway, the Philippians is what came up. But I tell you, I love Colossians, uh-huh. Ephesians, Galatians. I mean, Most Romans, <laughs> all of them. So it was it was hard to pick. But, you know, I'll give you my life first and then you can take it from there. <laughs> yeah. So. What about you, Kyrie? What? uh Isaiah, you know, do you have a, is there a favorite passage or something else that you thought of as Julie was sharing? Yeah, I actually brought one of my favorite passages to share. Before I do that, I'm just going to quickly say off of what Julie said. I love to, like you were just talking about how that passage meant so much to you in that season. And I love how you underline that passage because so many times when I've been a really hard season and I've underlined it, and sometimes I'll even write the date next to it. And it feels mm-hmm. so like that season of my life feels so hopeless. And I'm like, I don't know how this truth mm-hmm. is ever going to come true or like how I'm ever going to get out of this season. And then like now, months later, maybe years later, mm-hmm. you can look back and you remember exactly how you felt in that season and you see God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And that helps you even if there's a like a situation now that you're trying to work through. You're like I remember in this season, I felt hopeless and I look back and I see God has proven his faithfulness. Mm-hmm. This is what he's done in my life. 
to bring me out of that. And I know he can do it again. I'm so glad you said that because I it reminds me of the War Room that movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, and she had like it framed up. Yeah, like her prayers and how they were answered. Mm-hmm. And I think they also did it like the help that whatever that movie she had this prayer journal. Yeah, and like I always thought like I need to do that, but. I am doing that. Every time I read the Bible and it hits me, I try to use a different colored pen Uh to just show how often I've been. Again, I've been there Uh and that hit me again. And so some of them have like three lines and three different colors to be like, this is still speaking to me Mm -hmm. and ministering to me and what, you know, however the Holy Spirit is guiding me in this time. Yeah. So that's really good. 100%. I might have to start dating them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mom was real depressed (laughs) in 2000 and. Yeah. Hold on, who are you starting to date? <laughs> My Bible. That's okay. You get a pass to date your Bible. Yeah. So I brought a, a passage. So it's from Isaiah 30. Um, and this, this passage was really meaningful to me this summer. And I, it's actually been really meaningful to me again lately, which is, you know, really fun. How just in different, you know, seasons of life, the same passage can, you know, God's word is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And so just this, this summer, there was just some things that, I was really desiring and really hoping for and like good things that just weren't coming true in my life. And so this passage, I felt like God really used to speak to me just to trust him in that. And then I'm just been in like a same, a same season lately. And so just returning to it and reading it, you know, it's underlined in so many places and there's so much written in my Bible around it. And so I'm just going to read part of it. Also, I feel like it's a really good example of how, Isaiah just applies in so many different ways. So I'm in Isaiah 30, verse 1. Ah, stubborn children, declares the Lord, who carry out a plan, but not mine, and who make an alliance, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, who set out to go down to Egypt without asking for my direction, to take refuge in the protection of Pharaoh, and to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore shall the protection of Pharaoh turn to your shame and the shelter in the shadow of Egypt to your humiliation. And so this just really hit me because I love Isaiah because it gives me permission to be human, to be like, okay, yes. Like when my heart is being stubborn and rebellious, I'm like, this has happened before in people's relationships with God. And then it moves on and it in verse 15, still in chapter 30. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. But you were unwilling, and you said, No, we will flee upon horses. Therefore you shall flee away, and we will ride upon swift steeds. Therefore your pursuers shall be swift. A thousand shall flee at the threat of one. At the threat of five you shall flee, till you are left, like a flagstaff on the top of a mountain, like a signal on a hill. And so just as I was praying to the situation in my life, that I was like, God was like, okay, so like, this is your plan and this is the direction you want to go. And this is the alliance you want to make. But like, are you trying to carry out a plan that's not mine? Are you trying to make an alliance that's not in my spirit? Are you trying to go somewhere without asking for my direction? And like, I have a smiley face next to that because, you know, like God says all this stuff, like in returning and rest, you shall be saved and quietness and trust shall be your strength. And I'm like, no. I will flee upon horses. <laughs> and I just write it wrote next to him in my Bible, like, oh, like the silliness of my heart. And I'm like, this is my plan. This is going to be great. But then God's like, when you do that, like you're left alone on top of a mountain on a hill. Like your plan doesn't work. It turns to your shame. Mm-hmm. And so like I read this and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm doing in my life. 
But then Isaiah, it continues on. And like, there's the hope. And it says in verse 18, Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you. And therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. For a people shall dwell in Zion in Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. As soon as he hears it, he answers you. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself any more, for your eyes shall see your teacher, and your ears shall hear a word behind you, saying, This is the way. Walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left, then you will defile your carved idols overlaid with silver and your gold-plated metal images. You will scatter them as unclean things. You will say to them, Be gone. And he will give rain for the seed with which you sow the ground, and bread, the produce of the ground, which will be rich and plenteous. And then in verse 26, Wherever the light of the moon will be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun will be sevenfold, as the light of seven days, in the day when the Lord binds up the brokenness of his people and heals the wounds inflicted by his blow. And that and it's just like, this is my God's heart for me. Like the Lord... Like even in my rebelliousness and even in my stubbornness and even in my like set ways of like, this is how my life will go. And these are the steps I will take. But he's just waiting to be gracious to me. And he's waiting to say like, this is the way walk in it. And just like how, even though this is the old Testament, like the teacher is Christ. And like, he's not hiding himself anymore, but like he came in the flesh. And so he's not hiding himself. And I can like hear his voice like through the Holy spirit saying, this is the way walk in it. And then just like that, like in the day when the Lord binds up the brokenness of his people and heals the wounds inflicted by his blow. And just like, yes, like sometimes, like, yes, like sometimes I, you know, it talks about being in affliction. Like, so then when I'm in affliction and I'm struggling or I've sinned, I'm not like, oh my goodness, like what I have, have I done? I'm cut off from God and there's no hope for me. It's like, no, I can return because he's waiting to be gracious to me. And that sometimes like he does, there are wounds inflicted by his well, like when I'm walking in rebelliousness and I'm being stubborn and I'm fleeing upon my horses, but that like he will heal me and he will bind up my brokenness. I think that's a great place to end um, today. I mean, we could spend hours talking about Bible verses as we have many, many evenings <laughs> together. <laughs> um, but I think, um, yeah, I think what I've just pieced together from both of you and you know, certainly what I've seen before is that scripture is a, the great physician healing mm-hmm. the heart, healing the mind. And, um, the word of God is alive and powerful. There you go. Mm-hmm. Sharper than any two edged sword. Yeah. <laughs> well, may God bless the reading of his word today. Thanks for joining again. And until next time, thank you. <laughs>